When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. For this episode, I have another interview for you folks. This time, I got the chance to speak to actor-comedian Taryn Killam, who hosts the weekly variety show, The NFL Pylon, on Prime Video. Taryn Killam is probably best known for his tenure on Saturday Night Live, where he was a regular cast member from 2010 to 2016. However, he's been acting and doing comedy for decades now, dating back to his first role in The Naked Gun 33 and a Third, which we definitely discuss. His newest project is The NFL Pylon, a weekly variety show on Prime Video, which takes Killam's love of the NFL and combines it with his skills at sketch comedy and joke writing. If you're a fan of sports as well as comedy stylings, something like SNL and The Daily Show, you'll definitely get a kick out of the NFL pylon. So as you might expect, the interview does cover Killam's new sports show, as well as his general love of football and his diehard love of the Los Angeles Rams. But we also get time to talk about his memories of appearing in the aforementioned Naked Gun sequel, what it's like watching SNL after having been a pivotal part of the show for so long, and finally, what it's like being married to someone heavily involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as Killam is married to Kobe Smulders, who apparently inadvertently spoils things from time to time. But before I throw it to the interview, I gotta tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, without any further ado, here's my interview with Taryn Killam, host of the NFL Pylon, which airs weekly on Prime Video every Wednesday night. Enjoy. So uh, I have to admit, this is a little weird for me because I typically don't get a chance to nerd out about sports on the podcast um, because I'm, I'm always talking to like actors and directors and they know more about like the history of cinema than a 3-4 defense. <laughs> so this is exciting to, to talk about sports for a little bit. So uh, thanks for joining me. Cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love I love both. We can talk about we can talk about the Rams uh, Super Bowl winning season last year or we can talk about Heaven Can Wait. Well, see, I talk about these movies all the time, so I'd rather talk about, well, not necessarily the Rams. They're not my team, but yeah, sure, let's sure. talk NFL. But uh, so you host a show called The Pylon, and this is the first year not only for your show, but for NFL on Amazon. Uh, it's kind of a big deal to, to the NFL, you know, taking what was on network TV and putting it on streaming. Was that kind of exciting for you to kind of be lumped in on this year one deal? Um, or was there any concern? Uh, look, look, there's always certainly concern one for just like job security uh, with every job I take. Um, this one being a combination of truly my two favorite things, football and comedy makes it all the more precious. Um, 
being a part of this, you know, the the first ever primetime NFL game on a streaming platform is certainly an exciting venture. It certainly feels progressive or, you know, an evolution into the tech and the way that we ingest entertainment. Um, and and exciting and and sort of fly by the seat of our pants because of how fast it's gone because prime wasn't supposed to start airing games till next season Mm -hmm. and when when they purchased they were able to buy foxes last year on their contract so so this is sort of like a pre-season season for for their their purchase but you know part of the deal was with prime and the nfl to produce sort of supportive content to hype up the game on thursday nights to break it down and and i'm just so grateful because prime was willing to try something completely different and new which is a comedy show where you know yes we talk about football and all the things we love about it but it's much more about the lifestyle and and from the point of view of being a fan and 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 the humor that comes from that so i've been saying it's like sitting on the couch watching the game with your friends cracking jokes but a lot of my friends happen to be professional comedians who are paid to be there (laughs) yeah and and were you at all just relieved that you know you have like jeffrey bezos behind it you're like well this will get seen (laughs) right he's a great joke writer (laughs) <laughs> he's a great joke writer. <laughs> yeah, when he's not you going know, to it's, space. It's it's a combination of things. It's it's like um like certainly it, it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Because so we get to be officially the first ever comedy show focused on football that is produced by NFL films. Like we are an NFL films production which uh, you know, gives us um so much access. They we have access to everything they've ever filmed which is crazy. And like, everything's clearable. Like we don't have to ask permission to do any of that, which is mind blowing, but overwhelming. And, and what I mean by the double-edged sword thing is like, okay, so you're the first. So, you know, don't ruin it. (laughs) Don't ruin it for, for hopefully more shows like it. That'll, that'll come afterwards. And certainly not for ourselves. Cause because the team that we have, the the writers and the producers of this show, like I've never gotten along with people faster and more more intimately on anything I've worked on. That's awesome. So uh, I had to stop playing fantasy football years ago because it changed how I watched the sport. I, I just cared more about the stats than just like enjoying it, right? And here you are hosting a comedy show weekly about one of your passions, like you said, the NFL. So has that changed how you watch football? Are you just constantly watching thinking like, it's- where's the joke? Such a great question, Charles. It is such a great question. I somehow have been able to compartmentalize um, my Rams fandomship relationship to football because I did see warning signs. Like even in the first week, like the first game, uh, season opener against the Bills, Rams Bills at SoFi. Like I love football and I love watching football and I love going to the stadium early and tailgating and getting ready and hanging with friends. And when the game starts, I love watching the game. Like I already want to have had my drinks and nachos by the time kickoff happens. Cause I like watching the game. And because of this show, <laughs> there was like professional responsibilities happening at the game, which were, which were incredible and and super helpful to the show. Like, you know, doing interviews down on the field and, and doing pregame stuff but it certainly interrupted my flow and vibe as just a fan. And so like 
I was like, uh oh, I sort of, I sort of marked that where I was like, I don't want everything that I love and enjoy about being a fan of this Los Angeles football team to, to get tainted by the work. And, and I will also say like the work itself thus far, we've done seven episodes is still really fun. And still we come at it from a place of enthusiasm and passion and, and, and love for, for all things football. Um, but I did clock it almost immediately. Like, like oh, 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 this is where I shouldn't cross the streams. Yeah, yeah. And and another thing that was interesting to me, and you kind of mentioned it doing interviews and whatnot, you speak to a lot of athletes uh, or former athletes too. Uh, and and it's kind of in a comedic situation. You're not doing like these, you know, inside the NFL hard, hard hitting interviews, but uh, you're trying to make these athletes funny and they're not known for being funny people. So how has that been? And have you hit any uh, hurdles there? We've been spoiled, quite honestly, because we had we we hopefully our reputation will only build as a place where if you are a former athlete and you're you're cure you're you know uh, commentator curious, there's a show you can go to where you can be absolutely ridiculous and the pressure's off and and nobody cares about your your hot take your thing and you can just have fun. It can be joyous and it can be fun because we had Demarcus Ware hyping up the London games and that he was sort of like an Anglophile in love with all things British. <laughs> and he was so game and he was so funny. And our writers do a really, really good job of when we are having, you know, a, a retired player come in that whatever the bit is, they, the player will always succeed. Like the player should never look like the butt of the joke or, or anything. Um, and then we, we had Ricky Williams. Last wow, I was week. just about to mention that. And so he, funny. He killed it. Oh, I'm so glad you think so. Cause like, I was like, he is awesome. He was so game and you know, you have to, you have to run the stuff by them beforehand too. So nobody's like being ambushed with something that would make them uncomfortable, make them feel bad. But Ricky was that combination for me, at least where we're like, we'll write funny information that people know about his personality. And even if he just says the words, it'll be fun. But he made it so much better <laughs> than it, than it was written. He killed it. He killed it. So yeah, I hope we do a lot a lot more of that yeah i just when you brought ricky on and he starts doing just like weed jokes i was like oh this is so obvious why i mean like i know that yeah. it's been made fun of but he's never really been in on the joke totally uh, which is great yeah, so <clears throat> if like we were talking about you have a lot of creative control over this it feels like you do at least being able to kind of push the boundaries a little bit but this is a, an official nfl show so have you run into any awkward emails from the nfl uh mm -hmm. yet <laughs> we have we have, of course, I will say like coming into it, I thought there would be so many more, but there's definitely like, you know, there, there's a vibe of, I think they're always owner conscious. Right. Like, like if, if it seems like we're attacking an owner, those are the first people to complain kind of thing. And those are the people who hold a lot of sway as well. Um, we do try to, when I came in, I was like, <clears throat> let's not punch down let's be celebratory let's make ourselves the butt of the jokes and we have maintained that however being a sports fan and kind of really having to analyze it from a professional comedic standpoint the culture is critical it's a critical culture it is you bum you know what i mean like <laughs> hey you didn't do the thing you know and and that is such a part of culture so to ignore that completely or to make everything you know, like address everything with rose colored glasses is not 
good <laughs> and 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 just not honest to to the culture of sports fandom so but at the same time who are we to like rag on these players these professional athletes who do things that we could never dream of accomplishing you know so it's it's really kind of trying to fine tune that tone of like when is it the right time and deserving to poke somebody and when is it just sort of like low hanging fruit right well, I, I specifically thought of that question to ask you because I was watching uh, the episode where you joke about Robert Kraft's wedding. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, there's yeah, yeah, so yeah. much more like topical stuff that, you know, could have been mentioned. And you you stuck to what was funny without trying to make a point or anything. And I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm glad you like that. Yeah. I mean, even in that, like you're you're addressing something that's off the field off the field always gets a little bit more risky right because like i think that there's sort of an unspoken contract where if you play football you coach football you own football if you're on the field that's your business that's your livelihood and that's fair game and then the second you go off the field it gets a little more gray it becomes a gray area um but craft, you know, this is a billionaire guy who's getting <laughs> married and, and he's promoting it and hyping and put it, they're putting all the press out there and stuff. And again, like there were, there were areas of that, that we tried to avoid, you know what I mean? That we were like, there are areas that could be uh, sensitive and also could be mean spirited. Right. And that's not fun, but to make a show of a new England football owner, cardboard magnate who through the party of the century and all the, all the football celebrities were there. There's something fun in there. And, and coming from SNL, especially like impression parades or, you know, yeah. anything where you can have a revolving door of weirdo characters come through is always sort of a, a pretty, pretty ripe structure. Um, so yeah, so you, you, you don't, you don't do like a Tom and D Giselle mad at each other at the punch bowl joke. You do, something stupid like a new york taxi driver or pizza rat you know cliche absurd intentionally absurd and stupid because you know if viewers aren't gonna like it at least the reason they're not liking it is because they just don't share our weird sensibility as opposed to oh those are those are mean people <laughs> those are yeah. mean people with with dark hearts yeah yeah and you don't want tom brady coming after you you don't want I mean, Tom, Tom he's, going he's a little older, but you know, he can he's still older, he can, but yeah. he's also going to have some free time pretty soon. I think. <laughs> um, so I feel like when people mention Uber fans of the NFL, especially celebrity fans, you always get kind of brought up. Now you've kind of made that one of your, your things. Uh, how do you feel to be the poster child for the LA Rams fandom right now? Uh, if, if I am, uh, I wear that badge with honor. Um, I'm enough of a fan to know that there are, bigger fan bigger fans you know what i mean like um i th i think danny trejo honestly like is one <laughs> of the big like he's he's been very vocal for the team which is which is amazing um and you definitely have I, to say that to his face I, and i for sure would because i'm not gonna get beat up by machete <laughs> um i because I, I could be very easily no i you know for me for me, it's a very personal thing. It's a weird thing that it has bled into my profession. And I certainly had zero aspirations for that to happen because wanting to be a diehard fan of a football team from the city I'm from has been a lifelong aspiration for me for a very personal reason. I love the game and I love where I'm from. And I really like the idea of if I should be so lucky to be a season ticket owner over a long period of time so that when i've got grandkids again if i should be so lucky 
um, you know, the fun thing they get to do is go to a football game with grandpa. Like that's, I will have lived a full life. That is, that's my Kate Winslet walking up the stairs to see Leo <laughs> DiCaprio at the top moment for me is like walking into SoFi and all my family are around my season seats, you know? Um, but I certainly have made no secret of it either. <laughs> like I haven't gone like, this is just for me. I've been clearly very vocal about it. Um, and so that's, that's why I feel so excited and so grateful for this job because I do get to kind of use the professional skill set that I've developed over 20 ish years now and, and blend it with something that is, I just look forward to talking about. I just look forward to exploring and would be paying attention and talking about it anyway. So I, I, I think that answers your question. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. 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 Uh so I want you also to pull back the curtain a little bit here for me. What's the coolest perk you've gotten from the hosting the pylon so far? From from hosting the pylon. Okay. Um because now you like you said, you have all this access. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. I'm trying to think coolest, you know what I mean? Like um the NFL West headquarters are an incredible facility. Like, like, like Google level style facility, open kitchen. There's just Mountain Dew everywhere. <laughs> All the Mountain Dew you could ever hope for is there, which is insane. Um, the, you know, I think the coolest thing in a very sincere way is the stuff we talked about earlier. Like I got to meet Demarcus Ware. I got to meet Ricky Williams. We've had Andrew Whitworth contribute to the show. Like, kind of getting to ingratiate myself to players out of uniform is has been by far the most exciting and to me cool thing as a as a football fan are you getting a carnival cruise out of the deal please tell me i should right i gotta be thunderstruck man <laughs> oh my god or at least I, a I was, guy Fieri dinner right i know the thunderstruck thing has been stuck <laughs> in my head that advertising is working um oh, good, good. so i gotta talk about the gig that really put you on the map and that's the boy of the geriatric park in naked gun 33 and a third i'm so uh, glad we're going there good yes <laughs> i'm curious if you remember because you were fairly young obviously what you mm. remember about that experience and did you realize how amazing naked gun was at the time yes and even police squad um yeah and and i loved airplane um all all the sort of zucker brother parody movies i love top secret um so oh, i knew it's knew what, great top secret from for my money holds up because yeah. like even if you're it's kind of not holding your attention in terms of like the the stakes of it in that third act by the time you get to the underwater saloon fight i'm like this is this if this showed up in a movie now, I'd be like, how did they do that? This is incredible. Um, it was fun. It was really fun. It was that and an, an Unsolved Mysteries reenactment. <laughs> that, I was going to maybe ask you about that one too. Yeah. That got me my SAG card. And I forget which one, because you, you have to become like Taft-Hartley. You have to do a, a, a union job where the production says, yes, we need this actor and we're going to pay for him to become SAG eligible. And then the next union job you get, you can buy in and pay your dues and become a member. So my memory, my memory is, is that, you that, that unsolved mysteries gave me my Taft Hartley. And then this maybe made me SAG, but it, there's a chance it could have been the other way. Um, what was so fun, I remember all of it because I was living in Big Bear at the time. So it was sort of like, you know, like country mouse in the big city. <laughs> and I walked on the set and there was a big soundstage 
and, and and because what my role is is i'm like the kid from jurassic park but our footage was used as a as an academy award clip at the academy <laughs> awards in the third act of 33 and a third um it's a it's it's like blink and you'll miss me kind of thing but when i arrived they were shooting all of those clips all of the academy award things so i had to walk through this set that was like mother Teresa the musical so they had just <laughs> shot that in the first half of the day and then the other side of the of the soundstage what looked like a set from Jurassic Park which was super cool and they had the car there and i had the thing that was most exciting to me but also most confusing is that i had a stand in i had like a photo double stand in who was like he was my height and they sprayed his hair my color to match and they put him in my outfit but he was 15 years older than me. <laughs> he was like a guy in his mid to late 20s. And I was like, whoa, are we best friends now? What does this mean? Um, this is so Hollywood. This is, this is weird. And and the direction that I got, because uh, Peter, oh, what's his name? Um, his last name. I forget. Peter, uh, he directed Tommy Boy. And and he did that after this film. Right. So, and I've always wanted to run into him afterwards because I wanted to be like, I'm I'm it's so cool that you got to work with me as an SNL performer before <laughs> you worked with Chris Farley. Um uh, uh I I can only think of Peter Schrager now in my head because I've been watching so much good morning football. Um anyway. Um and I had a line, but the direction I got was like, Taryn, it looks like you're smiling. Siegel. Peter Siegel. Siegel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Taryn, it, it looks like you're smiling. Remember, you got to be afraid. It looks like you're smiling because I was having the time of my life. And I had a line when we filmed and it got edited out of the film. But I did get to go to the premiere and my mother's uncle. So my great uncle is was Robert Stack. And Rob knew, he knew um, Leslie Nielsen from working together and just Hollywood anyway, but they're an airplane together. Um, and he reached out, you know, my mom was like, hey, you know, we're going to Darren's first premiere. He's like, be sure to tell Leslie Roberts is high, you know. <laughs> and so we get to the premiere. It's at the Bruin, I think, in Westwood. That's the one, the one on the left. Um like not by Diddy Reese, but by BJ's Pizzeria. And I go up and there's like a procession. There's a line, Leslie's sitting at the back of the theater and there's a line of people waiting to talk to him, say hi. And I wait my turn and I'm super nervous because I'm 11 or 12 at this point. And I go, Mr. Nielsen, hi, my, my name is Taryn. And I'm, I, my, my, my mom's uncle is Robert. Robert Stack said that I should say hi to you because it's my uncle and I'm in this, I'm in this movie. <laughs> and I do the whole spiel and I get it out and he, and he just goes, what did he say? I I, I can't I can't hear him. I, I couldn't hear a thing he said. And I said, <laughs> and so then I kind of yelled like, my, my uncle's Robert Stack. I'm in this movie. And he he was very gracious. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, enjoy the enjoy the movie. I love love Bob. And I go back to my seat and I'm like, mom, I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the movie, though, I'm waiting in the lobby. My mom went to the restroom. I'm in the lobby and Leslie walks up to me. And he's like, what'd you think of the movie? Did you enjoy that? And he's like, you did a fantastic job. Please say hi to your uncle. Like he remembered, which That's made awesome. me love him. Even if I, if I could have loved him even more. Um, and then this is a hundred percent true. No exaggeration. The next week we're back in big bear. I'm watching TV in the day and a commercial with Leslie Nielsen comes on and he's selling 
Um, he's selling uh, 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 hearing aids. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm Leslie Jason and I'm got a hearing aid. And it, for whatever reason, made me feel so much better. Yeah. Because I was like, it wasn't me. I didn't mumble. I didn't he's blow just, it. He's just going deaf. Um, <laughs> uh, before I let you go, I gotta I gotta talk really about SNL for a second. And and my sure. basic question is is they're on like 237 season or something right now. And yeah, and you were on there for quite some time, but you've been away for quite some time too. So I'm curious if you still watch as the new seasons gear up. If you still watch and you're like, oh, I miss it, or if you're like, oh, thank God. Um, uh, column A and column B. You know, there's definitely been enough time away from it where where i can look back and almost only remember the fawn stuff you know what i mean i'm i there's still like a there's still a dark shifferobe in the far recesses of my mind that holds all the <laughs> all the all the all the gripes but um no i i i am able to kind of tune in and be a fan again which is really cool because more and more like i'm trying to think other than keenan and and Colin and and Che, who's on there that like I crossed over with. Everybody's pretty much moved on. Um, so I so I watch it with an appreciation. Like that's kind of the difference, right? Is that like I watch it and I certainly have pangs of like, oh man, that was fun, and oh, wouldn't it be great to whatever fill in the blank? Um, but but I watch it with such appreciation for what a new performer brings for knowing how difficult it is for knowing what it takes to get your material just seen and on the show. So that's become really fun to watch and, and, and fun to watch. I like, I like their new re-graphicking this year has got very good, a very good font that I really enjoy. Um, <laughs> that's how you know so you're many... on the show because that's what you notice. Yeah. 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 The exactly. font is really improved. <laughs> Ooh, lowercase N. Okay. Um, <laughs> No, I, 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 what it did for me is like, before I was on the show, it, it, it's always kind of been my religion. You know what I mean? Like the be all end all of sketch comedy. It is, it is the, the Parthenon of, of American comedy. And one day I will go there and I will ascend the mountain and I will make my mark. Um, and before I was on the show, had such strong opinions of what was good on the show, what was not good on the show, what they should do more of, less of. <laughs> and then you get there and and maybe it's different for others. But for me, it was it was literally night and day where I was like, oh, this is so hard to do. And it's so impressive what every single person on this show does in front of the camera, behind the camera, around the camera. There's no show like it. And there just really never was before and never will be again. You know what I mean? I know like you can say, yes, there were, there were Carol Burnett's and there were variety shows, but the way that this has, the way that SNL implanted itself in the cultural zeitgeist and remained and presented a structure that has not had to evolve that much in 48 years is just out of this world. Incredible. And, and so like, you know, as as the as the sand falls through the hour hourglass for me, um, I just I just kind of look back with with more and more pride and more and more appreciation cer certainly. And so when I watch when I tune in the new ones, I'm not watching every week necessarily, but I'll see clips or if there's a host I'm excited about, I'll tune in. And uh, they're doing great. Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned like they don't have to change. When they do change, it actively does not work out. <laughs> 
Like yeah. they'll try something new and people are like, no, that's not what you guys do, which totally. I which I always thought was fascinating. Totally. I mean, Lonely Island don't get half the credit well, yeah. they deserve, I yeah. think, for for uh, revitalizing the relevancy in that in the way they did with their digital shorts. Like that to me is the biggest sort of like DNA shift and evolution that's happened in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Is with the rise of YouTube important. and all that. Yeah. 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 So uh, before I let you go, one last question. You're married to Maria Hill, a.k.a. Kobe Smulders, and I'm a big Marvel nerd. So I got to I always wonder this. Do you ask for spoilers or do you keep away or does she just say, like, no, you're not getting them? It's evolved. It certainly has evolved. Um, When she was auditioning to just just possibly be in it, I was like, if you don't if you don't journal every gd detail of everything that happens to you that day and relay it to me i want to see other people um so she actually like against her nda kind of snuck me a shot from her screen test in her oh, nice. like black onesie which i still have and, and and love and then yeah like like the first avengers i got to visit the set and like this is interesting i've never thought of this but in a similar way to my one day on Naked Gun 33 and a third, we had to walk through the Calcutta set or the or the wherever Banner is. Right. When, uh, when, when Black Widow's there and recruiting, when Natasha's there recruiting yeah. him, they'd film that the day before. So we walked through that set and Joss was kind of relaying like what, what you know, mo- like these intimate moments of he's like, we shot something and I th- we thought of it on the day and Banner holds the crib and he goes, we don't always get what we want. I'm so excited to cut it in the movie. And then on the other side of that set was the helicarrier bridge, right? Oh, and cool. getting to walk around all of that and see that and um, watch them film uh one of the last shots of the of the movie like what happens you know what happens they'll come back again it's her and sam and then she walks down the bridge and it comes up like i watched them film that thing so so cool but then when she got called out for Endgame, and like didn't even have to provide a spoiler she's like i'm at a funeral for the thing like that was one i wish had been preserved right <laughs> that was one that i was like that would have been a big moment to be surprised at, you know, like I knew it was coming. So I'm watching for it. And in a way, like created its own like heightened game of like, is this where he gets, is this where he's going to get, is it? And, and it, and they just landed that ship so beautifully in my opinion. So that was one where I was like, all right, I don't need to, I, I won't pry. I won't pry if they come out naturally like that. But then this is fun. This is sort of an inverse spoiler. One she couldn't have possibly spoiled. We were at the, uh, opening of Star Wars Land here at Disneyland, which I pushed so hard to be present at. It was the <laughs> thing that I have hustled for more than any role in my entire career was get me to Star Wars Land. And we were there and Kevin was there and she'd already filmed uh, Far From Home. Like done, did it, filmed it. And Kevin's like, uh, Kobe, I, uh, can I talk to you? I got to pull you to the side. And he said, we just this week decided that at the end of the movie, it turns out that you were a scroll. Now, we're not <laughs> clear ourselves on how much of the movie you've been a scroll in, but you were, a, just so you know, we didn't want you to be surprised. So that was just like, that was funny and shy. And like my poor wife, who like ha- thankfully has a nerd husband, because she's like, I don't know what any of these words mean and still kind of hasn't absorbed any of it. Um, she's like, what is a scroll? And I was like, you're going to be a scroll. Um, she uh yeah like that was such a funny and and such a such a funny reveal and a cool way to kind of see behind how the sausage is made and that they're tinkering up till the this is like 
weeks before the movie came out. Yeah, so yeah, it's fun. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to yeah. let you go. Uh, everybody needs to, I know we've ventured off the path a little bit, but the NFL pylon uh, every week, Amazon prime. And uh, it's really funny. So thank you. Thanks, Charles. I appreciate right. you. Thanks for making the time. Uh,